at this time we'll have a have a, have a prayer for the uh, inviting the Holy Spirit to illuminate the passage and stir the speaker and prepare the listener for it, for what God intends you to hear today. It'd be nice if I had that kind of impact that I could go and say, this is what they're going to hear now. It's not like I, I'm blessed to have a number of school teachers here. You know, they have lesson plans. They know exactly what information they're going to convey. I, 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 uh, I'm going to tell you just a little story. Uh, one of my first churches, the people were leaving, and I'd given an uh, illustration in my, in my uh, um, sermon. And a guy, a guy he, he, he comes up to me and he goes, he goes, Pastor Steve, I, I really liked your illustration. I go, what, what, what illustration was that? And he goes, that one about Michael Jordan. I go, I didn't talk about Michael Jordan. He goes, it was really good. It meant something to me. And I'm just, I'm glad you did that. I go, sir, I'm glad it did. You have a good day. Because <laughs> so many times people will hear something that's not there. But it's the spirit that does that. I am convinced. It's not happened so many times. And who am I to say that it wasn't there? Because I worship a God that does mysterious stuff. So therefore, if you ever come, if you ever do that to me, I'm gonna go. I'm so glad it meant something to you, and you'll know by those words. That's not what I said. <laughs> Whatever. But with that, let us pray, because no telling what's going to come out of my mouth from the, for the next 20 minutes. Dear Lord, thank you for the privilege to read your Scripture aloud, and now I invite your Holy Spirit to illuminate the Scriptures and prepare me or inspire me and prepare the listener for what you intend to say this day. May indeed we all, even the speaker, may we all receive with joy what you say this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So my two passages this morning are going to come from the uh, prophet Jeremiah and from the uh, continued in the Gospel according to Luke. So, this passage I'm going to read from the Old Testament, from Jeremiah. And I put the page numbers in there just in case you want to um, read along with me. But this is the point in Jeremiah's life as a prophet where he's, he's, he's beginning his public ministry. And, and to begin the public ministry, is, is what he has to do is tell the people why it's important that he does his ministry. So it, it's kind of like in any kind of um, ministry that begins like when you installed me here or whatever. It's, it's nice if the person can say why they believe they're here. So he's going to tell them why he believes he's been called to be a prophet of God. And it goes like this. He says these words. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, or Israel, and all the clans of the house of Israel. In other, in other words, all those 12 tribes. So... And thus says the Lord, what, listen closely, what wrong did your fathers find in me that they want to be far from me and went after worthlessness and became worthless? They did not say, where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt and who led us in the wilderness, in the land of deserts and pits, in a land drought and deep darkness, in a land that none passes through, where no man dwells? And I brought you into a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits. 
and its good things. And when you came in, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. In other words, I'm not happy with you. The priest did not say, the priest being the priest of God, where is the Lord? Those who handle the law did not know me. The shepherds transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal, which was another god, and went after things that do not profit. Therefore, I still contend with you, declares the Lord through the prophet, and with your children's children I will contend for the cross, for cross to the coast of Cyprus and sea. So go to Cyprus and sea and send to Gadar and examine with care. See if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though there are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. In other words, he's saying, you turned on me and created your own gods. Good luck. Our next reading, the Gospel according to Luke, and it's this is the this is where my lesson will be this morning. But it's 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 often titled humility and hospitality, and so. But although Jesus uses 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 different. Terminology. He often spoke about humility, a topic that you know, Christians could, even today, profit from. Yeah, revisiting hospitality periodically. You know? so, but uh, something that we're going to be working on on September 13th, being hospitable to our neighbors, our community. But with that, Luke 14, the lectionary says, introduce it with verse 1 and then go to 7 through 14. So if you're reading with me, it's going to go 1 and then 7 through 14 and then I will... I will pause for a moment. And so, with that, let's see here. Verse 1. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching Jesus carefully. Verse 7. Now, Jesus told a parable to those who who were invited when he noticed how they chose the place of honor, saying to them, Jesus saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you will come and say to you, notice how he addresses the person. He doesn't call him by name. He doesn't call him by title. He orders him. Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, notice how he addresses this person, friend, friend, move Move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus also said also to the man who had invited him, so he said it to the host, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, sir, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. about Jesus at this. You know, he's been invited by the Pharisees, the leader of the Pharisees, not just the Pharisee, but the leader of the Pharisees. So it's a big shot. And he, so he gets, he gets invited. I always used to do this in, in seminary many years ago. I'd always get a cat. I'd always get the class all perturbed because I'd go, tell me something. Where did Jesus sit? And they'd go, well, I don't know. What, do you notice? Do you notice in the story? Nothing is ever mentioned about where Jesus sits. Where is he in this story? And they go, I don't know. I go, but he's got to be there. He's got to be at the table. He was invited to eat, but it's never stated anywhere. Where did Jesus? What seat? Jesus picked because apparently the seat for the lowest was available and the seat for the highest was available. Where's Jesus in between? It's important. You all respond just like seminary students. <laughs> Sometimes people don't like to be disturbed by those little insights on these passages, but it's one that one that always got me. Like what? What? what, what? So, but it, I, my curiosity about, uh, curiosity about the passage continued on and on. I just gave up. And said, "Okay, let me let me come up with a better illustration." So, hey, those of you who you know, Janice and Bob and folks, you know, they're into uh, plants and landscaping. Have you, have you ever heard of the um, mimosa pudica plant or the touch me not plant? Yeah, there you go. If you use touch me not plant, people know because it's a plant, and believe it or not, it's related to. It's in the pea family, by the way. It doesn't have any fruit, but it's it's in the pea family. It's part of the legumes, you know, like peanuts and stuff. So, but it doesn't look like a peanut plant. It doesn't look like a pea plant. It looks like a very frail, um, beautiful flower. It's, the flower is pink and looks like a um, looks like a um, starburst. It has little uh, spikes on it, and so. But the leaves are um, in two parts. I won't get scientific on you. So, and so they're the central vein, and so. If you blow on it, it'll go. And if you disturb it again, it'll droop. And it looks like you've just killed it. But it's, 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 if you leave it alone, it'll come back to its original position. 
So, but I, I bring that off, up because a lot of times, um, it's, it's, and by the way, it's a, it's a common weed in sugarcane, and that, there's a reason you don't see it around here, because how much sugarcane do we grow up here? But the thing is, is that um, it's used as an illustration. There was a writer that used it as an illustration of telling, like, he said, and he'd come across this plant, you know, and he, he saw it, and he, he breathed on it, and it closed up, and then he breathed on it again, and it drooped. And he, and he said, but... Humility, false humility, is very much like that. False humility is very much like that. It's, it's, it's sensitive, but it's an exhibition. It's a show. And in a little while, you go back to, we go back, excuse me. I'm pointing my finger at myself too. But we go back and we're just like we were before. A man who is flattering himself to be humble is de- only deceiving himself. Because we, we know what's going to happen. We know, who these pe- we know who people truly are. But humility consists not in thinking merely of ourselves, but in not thinking of ourselves at all. It's absolutely devoid of a self-consciousness. Moses didn't... Like when Moses came down off the mountain... He, he didn't realize his face shone. Somebody had to tell him. He didn't like come off the mountain going, guess who I was visiting with? I was with God. Where were you? I was up there talking to God. No. He comes down off the mountain, stumbles off the mountain, he's carrying a load, and somebody has to point out to him that his face is shining. Well, that's a level of humility there. But if, 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 if Jesus had told the gathering at the Pharisees' home, be like me. I picked this middle seat so I wouldn't look like I was uh, showboating. But be like me. Be like me. I'm humble. It wouldn't have worked, would it? No. It wouldn't have worked. But, but Christy and I had a conversation about this this morning at breakfast. And it's like, yeah, but Jesus is the perfect example of humility. Because He wasn't ever thinking of Himself. Ever. There was never a time. You can't find any scripture that, that represents him as ever thinking of himself. He never thought of himself. But Jesus' whole ministry would have fallen apart if just once he acted like Paul. Because I have to tell you, Paul sometimes got a little over the top. Jesus never did. The reason being is that pride would be inconsistent for Jesus, that is, with his Christian mes- message. Pride is inconsistent. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. It just undoes everything. It's the same thing with the church. It's the same thing with the church. The church presents any pride, any pride. It's inconsistent with the scripture that's sitting right here in our pews and with the teachings of Jesus. So churches, especially in this country, and especially cathedrals, and especially temples, and synagogues, they have this terrible tension within them because they're pretty and we like it, but we easily, easily cross the line and become proud. Like how many times have I heard somebody say, wow, these stained glass windows are beautiful. I wish more people could see them. Be careful. 
Pride. That's pride. See, it just creeps into your lives. And it's just as much a part of me as it is you. I made the room quiet. It's because it's so much a part of our existence. It's so much that, that we think it's okay. And that's where we have to be careful. Christians are challenged by this. Wherever we go, out there, you know, the community, Marshall Township Community Day, or wherever we go to work, there's always that chance. And when we step across that line, we undermine our whole ministry. Undermine our whole ministry. For unlike the mimosa plant, Moments after withering in the presence of a stranger, as I told you, uh, we're called to love our neighbor first out of faith and forget our own needs before the world. Forget our own needs. So I thought to myself, I said, how can I make this a simple message? After all the talk about the mimosa pudica plant, all the talk about Jesus and where he sat in the room, all the talk about the community event, there's one simple takeaway. Jesus' messages comes down to four words. Accept Jesus. Reject yourself. Accept Jesus. Reject yourself. And you will be perfectly in line with all of this teaching. Perfectly in line. Just as Jesus said of the Ten Commandments. Remember this. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. If you remember that, everything else falls into place. The same can be said for the messages of the Scripture. Accept Jesus. Reject yourself. So, how are your table manners? Where do you like to sit? You know, because I'm left-handed, I always use that as an excuse. (laughs) But I can tell you that To follow Jesus' example is really, really hard. It's really hard. Because we're so much a part of our culture. But there's a life, and there's a ministry, and there's a mission that can work if you start where He wants us to. Let us pray. Lord, this is a short prayer. Give us the strength to take your lessons. Give us the strength to accept you and reject ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you are able, I invite you to rise and help me with singing of this beautiful hymn, 667, 667. Lord, speak to me that I may speak. Mm-hmm.